Hey guys, welcome back to the MMAG podcast. I am your host, Maddie Hallman. The topic of the podcast is going to be self-sabotage. So, I have briefly discussed this, I believe, in some older podcasts, but we are going to bring it to light today. We're going to talk about it, the good and bad, and how to overcome self-sabotaging and what you can do to help yourself. I guess we're just going to jump right in, but first I want to talk about just a little update. So when I say like my routine, this is like my day-to-day or like week to week, I guess. So Mondays I work. I work like all day from 8 in the morning until like I don't get home until like 7. So it's a long ass day for me. Tuesdays I have off, which I absolutely love. I like to do all my stuff that I have to do on Tuesdays. Wednesdays I also work from 8 to 3 or 4 typically, which isn't too bad. And then Thursdays are just school all day but Thursdays I have a morning class and then I have two zooms um, later in the day which I've been getting on this like consistent routine and I can honestly say that I have been loving it because I used to be so scared of going in person for some reason like after COVID I'm just very antisocial and more of an introvert so for me to like interact with people it's like scary and I get really nervous it's not that I'm like not likable or anything it's not even like I'm worried about that it's just getting out of my comfort zone do you know what I mean which is kind of funny because I'm so like I I post you know my the podcast I post on YouTube so it's not like I'm not putting myself out there I am which is good and I think you should but what I was going to say was I was nervous about going back in person And I just said to myself, you know what, it's going to be good for me. Maybe I'll make a new friend. Maybe, you know, something good will come out of it. You always have to think positive. And I honestly love it. I even thought today after I got done with my class and I got home, I was like, wow, I feel so happy to just be surrounded by people that think like me. I'm a fashion major, so people that are also in fashion have a creative spark to them. And they're very, like, unique. And I'm not saying people that aren't in fashion aren't but you have to have that certain level of confidence and dependence type of thing which I absolutely love and I think I also relate to that as well so it just makes me happy that I feel like we're all kind of in this together and a lot of the people that are in my classes like are in all of them so it's nice because it's a smaller type of environment which before I was at Kent State, also I'm getting on a tangent, but if no one knew that I was at Kent State, which was in Ohio, and I currently live in Michigan right now, and it's like completely different. Kent State was very big, and there was a lot of organizations and groups, which was good, but I didn't feel like I was really, like I didn't feel like I belonged there, and I feel like I belong here. So yeah, I do go to Eastern Michigan University, And I honestly love it. If you are a fashion major and you're looking at colleges right now, I would confidently say to you that Eastern is great. The professors are very tailored to you and it feels more personal because they're not just looking to get a paycheck. They actually want to invest in your future and they care about you as students. And since the fashion school is like very small, it's it's like moderate small. It's not big and it's not like teeny tiny if you know what I mean it's like a great mix but since it is so small the teachers really care about their students and a lot of them 
a lot of the professors have worked in fashion so they have firsthand experience and knowledge and they're just great people to know and have as a reference as well and just some that you can talk to so I'm feeling really good about it and I was nervous but I can definitely say that everything is going well thank goodness I hope everything's going well with all of you and if you are listening also a little fun like thing I want to talk about is I have been absolutely loving the game Clue. I have been on a board game kick, which I never thought I would say. And it's funny because one night my friend was over and her boyfriend and my boyfriend was over and we were all just hanging, hanging out. And I was like, we should play board game. And I just saw Clue and I was like, I've never played this. Kind of looks fun. Let's try it. Kid you not, we started playing, I think at like 10 and they didn't leave until like four in the morning. It was insane. We played Clue the whole time. I was so freaking obsessed. I'm still obsessed. I'm thinking about my birthday party in a couple of months in September. It's a while away, but I'm a planner. I want to have a Clue a murder mystery party or something like very back in the day, like old school vintagey vibes. Like I'm just already planning it. I'm so excited. So I've been doing that. My boyfriend's been making fun of me because we just I just always want to play it and we actually played with his family the other night too which was super fun when you think about it board games are the best date night like the best free date night because you can just play board games and talk and have fun and you can like invite friends over you can do double dates and it's honestly the best time because my boyfriend and I we are trying to save money this year this is one of our goals we want to like buckle down and you know just focus on what we really want to invest and save for our future so the number one thing you just got to save and I definitely think you know playing all these games is a great way to just still have fun but you get to be at home and you're like in a different environment kind of thing also, we have been loving the game Monopoly, which is kind of fun. And you learn about money in that way. It's just, it's weird, I know. I never thought I would say this, but hey, don't knock it till you try it. I will say that. And it's also a great way to just spend quality time because quality time is one of my love languages. And I just think it's really fun. So that's kind of just a little update on my life. But the whole basis of this episode is, like I said, self-sabotaging. And I actually did some research wow shocker who is she on what is self-sabotage why do we do it there like some signs that you are self-sabotaging so let's just get right into it i will also link this article too in the show notes for you guys if you want to read it on your own i'm just gonna like sum it up for you so what is self-sabotage at its core it's involving any attitude or behavior that doesn't match up your values and interferes with your ability to achieve your life goals so i have been really self-aware lately when i am self-sabotaging and for me personally the number one thing that I struggle with day to day is anxiety. Anxiety has played a huge role in my life and I was on antidepressants for a while and I decided to get off of them because I wanted to really work on it on my own and not use that as a coping mechanism and there's no shame if you are on them. If you are on antidepressants because I know they can work wonders for people and it's great if it works for you. For me personally, it did not. So I got off of them and I notice when my anxiety flares or like what triggers it. So for instance, 
the number one thing I struggle with is when it comes to anxiety is like sleep, which is weird. At night, I my brain will not turn off and I'll just be like I'll be physically exhausted, but my brain just wants to keep going and going and going to the point of I will stay up until 4 a.m. and I'm not getting that beauty sleep that I know I need that we all need in order to freaking function for the day and like feel good about ourselves. The older I get, the more I want to prioritize sleep. Whereas before, like, you know, in high school and, you know, early college years, I would just stay up till whenever. If you think about it, sleep is like the most non-expensive thing that our bodies actually need. That and water. It's the simplest things that sometimes we don't prioritize. So, for myself, I'm like constantly thinking, okay, Maddie, you need to be in bed by 9 a.m. so you can wake up at 7 a.m. for work or whatnot. And I am self-sabotaging myself to the point where I can't, like I just won't be able to fall asleep. And I know it's something little, but it does affect my day because it ruins the next day for me. I, you know, have things I, I have to do on my checklist or that I want to do, but I come home and I take a nap because I'm so tired that I don't have any energy to do anything else. So I've noticed that about myself. I've also noticed that sometimes when I go on Instagram and when I'm on TikTok, especially lately, it kind of has been affecting my my mood and like my mental state which we can all agree that social media you have to limit at times because it can just be too overstimulating and it can cause a lot of problems especially for me i just feel when i go on there and i see all of these creators that are successful getting their bag and i'm over here and i'm 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 trying like i genuinely like it and i am am editing a lot i spend a lot of time doing things that hopefully will you know I can get up to where those creators are in time. Um, but then I'll look at my content and I'll just be like, wow, I this, I guess, is just isn't enough. Like, I'm looking at the numbers and how many followers they have and how many followers I have and, like, what am I doing wrong type of thing where I just get in my head and it bugs my self-confidence and it it's just not good. It makes me really sad because I'm just thinking why am I not good enough? What's wrong with me? Those are my self-sabotaging things that I do to myself, which I know I have to work on. And it's definitely a topic that's easier said than done because we all do it in ways, whether or not you are acknowledging it or not, or you just don't notice them. We all do them and it's hard to kind of get out of our head. So back to this article, here are some 11 signs that you are self-sabotaging. So the number one is avoiding people and situations that make you uncomfortable. Number two, staying within your comfort zone and avoiding change. Three, setting goals that are too low to ensure success. Four, creating conflict with romantic partners, loved ones, friends, or coworkers. Five, trying to control others. Six, attempting to gain others' approval. Seven, making excuses. Eight, taking actions that don't match your values and goals. Nine, comparing yourself to others. I feel like that's a huge one. Ten, social withdrawal or isolation. And then eleven is risky behaviors such as substance abuse, gambling, overspending, yada yada. So those are just some signs. And I feel like they kind of sum up the majority of self-sabotaging and some of the behaviors that come with that. I think the biggest one definitely, like I said, was comparing yourself or, you know, one I would always do was... Though creating conflict with romantic partners really hit home for me. 
I don't do that now with my boyfriend, which is, I think, because A, we get along so well and we are very compatible, whereas it's so easy for us that there's no need. Like, I'm just so happy. There's no need for me to even think about self-sabotaging or, like, think about starting an argument or creating drama for no apparent reason. Whereas before, with my past relationships, I definitely would do that. And in the end, I would only hurt myself. There could have been someone that I really got along with, but because I just made it so impossible, it it didn't work out. Thank God it didn't because, like I said, I'm in a great relationship now, but you know, they were great people. They could have been great people. And because that you are self-sabotaging and you don't maybe think you deserve it, you are only hurting yourself in the end and you're creating distance with that person. So I also feel like that's a huge one. And definitely social media is a huge factor in all of that too. I always see things on TikTok where the girl's like, my boyfriend's following, you know, all these instagram half nude models and it makes me feel really bad about myself and i don't like it okay well maybe you should think a maybe he's not the person for you because the person that loves you and loves you for who you are wouldn't want to hurt you in that type of way or maybe it's just innocent and they have no idea so like i said i think social media can be a way of self-sabotaging um, so you have to watch out for that as well if if you're using it correctly. For me, I only post things that make me happy and I'm not searching for other things. You know what I mean? Like my boyfriend doesn't even have Instagram. He's not even on Instagram and he knows I'm not hiding stuff or playing games in that way, which you shouldn't be at all if you are in a relationship. But a lot of people do do that and they're only hurting themselves and the person that they're with. Trying to control others, I feel like is maybe a narcissistic type of behavior and is definitely like you have something wrong with you that's not even just self-sabotaging like you need to figure out the root cause of that (laughs) sorry not sorry i'm just reading some of these okay so avoiding people in situations that make you uncomfortable yes and no i definitely think you shouldn't stay in your comfort zone for the rest of your life that's not a way to grow as a human you definitely need to do things that do make you uncomfortable but if it's something like where you get extreme anxiety you know yourself and you know what you should and shouldn't do type of thing so that could go both ways setting goals that are too low to ensure success i feel like that's also kind of like you're avoiding yourself and you are still staying within your comfort zone because in order to ensure success you have to go big like go big or go home type of thing right so that could definitely be self-sabotaging And here are some four ways that self-sabotaging can impact your life, which we briefly just talked about was the number one thing was self-sabotaging your romantic relationships, self-sabotaging your career, which involves actions that prevent you from achieving your career goals, fear of failure or anxiety about uncertainty can trap you in your comfort zone and prevent you from advancing despite desire to do so. So definitely try to get out of your comfort zone. I always say this too for myself, like I have a goal Do something at least one time a week that gets you out of your comfort zone. Whether that's going to a coffee shop by yourself, whether that's going to the grocery store by yourself, doing things that you know you genuinely don't want to do or like you don't look forward to doing, but when you're 
when you do do it and like the aftermath of it, you're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to be proud of yourself that you actually did it. Self-sabotaging your education. They gave the example of like a student failing in class or performing poorly procrastination oh my god procrastination is a huge one and such a common one we all procrastinate i'm the type of person that my homework's due on sunday you bet your ass i'm gonna do it on sunday like i'll do it maybe sporadically along among the week but on sunday like i'll actually buckle down and i have to do it because it's due so that's also probably not the best thing and i'm kind of self-sabotaging myself in like that way but i get it done it's just i'm like creating more anxiety for myself self-sabotaging your relationships with friends and family i thought this was kind of interesting it says this type of self-sabotage is often driven by a sense of competition that comes from a need to prove your worth equality or superiority there have been times where i've, I've had friends and i call them now quote-unquote snake friends because they're not genuine friends you know there's like an underlying maybe jealousy or there's just something not there and they're not like your best friend they're not the person that you go to all the time now that I'm older, and I say this was more so in high school when you kind of had, not had to be friends with them because you didn't have to, but for me, I wouldn't get invited to things if I didn't hang out with that group. So, and high school is so small in general. Those are like your friends. You don't have like anybody else. It's hard to make new friends, especially for me. I came from a small town, so that was literally it for me. But now that I've gotten older, I definitely pick and choose who my friends are because long term why would you want to be friends with someone who only brings you down and is not a genuine person like no we don't need that in our lives it's 2023 so if there's someone that you know that you shouldn't be friends with or you have like this weird feeling about just say goodbye they're not worth your time or energy i cannot trust that enough but i also will say that comes with age and maturity because you will realize that when you get older and maybe when you've just been hurt too much, there comes a point where you're like, I'm so sick and tired of this. I deserve better. And you put your foot down. All right. So here's some five types of self-sabotage. Procrastination. Perfectionism. Definitely. 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 I am the type of person that I'm getting better about it now. But earlier, like for example, if I didn't have time to work out or like maybe I only had 15 minutes, I'd say, nope, I have to get 30 minutes a day. And if I'm only getting 15, there's no point of even working out. That's not even like, what's the point? Whereas now I'm like, oh my God, that's 15 minutes. Great. 15 minutes is better than nothing. We're going to still work out. So that's how I am. And easier said than done. I'm getting better at it. I'm also a huge planner. And if things don't go accordingly to the way I plan, I get stressed out and I get anxiety and I get like irritated. But not everything works out in your favor at all times. The world doesn't revolve around you. I know it's sad. It's tragic. It's the truth. I have to tell myself that every day. No, I'm kidding. But it's the truth. So I totally see perfectionism as a type of self-sabotage. Self-criticism. Oh my gosh. Negative self-talk is a huge thing. The way we love ourselves is how we treat ourselves. If we treat ourselves with disrespect, that's how we're going to view ourselves. Also, I would, I'm thinking about having my boyfriend on because when I think of negative self-talk, I immediately think of positive self-talk because they coincide and my boyfriend is the most biggest positive person I know and has, like, I, I swear, he has, like, changed my life for the better and has made me rethink the way that I think. Um, and he's just such a great source of like knowledge and he is constantly teaching me things. So maybe we'll do that too. 
I'll have to ask him if he wants to be on. I don't know why he would say no, but that would be fun. Um, resisting change. Wow, I feel like I'm just reading all of this and it's like all about me because that is like the number one thing I'd say that I do is resist change. I remember when my parents got divorced and we moved, we literally lived in the same town. We just moved like five minutes from where we used to live. I had the worst anxiety ever. I would sneak out. I was also in high school. I would just rebel a lot, but I can definitely say that when things change, I get anxiety because it's out of my comfort zone, which resistance to change definitely prevents people from taking risks or trying new things that will like eventually lead to growth. So all you can really do is take control of how you react to things and, and how you decide to overcome them because only you can tell yourself, to think positive and constantly do it. No one else is going to do it for you. The last one is poor self-care. Not taking proper care of yourself is a form of self-sabotage that can prevent you from thriving, which includes poor eating habits, lack of sleep. Again, what I do a lot. Not exercising says avoiding visits with the doctor or therapist for physical and mental health, which is true. I uh, This has been one of my goals this year too, is finding a therapist because the one I had, she retired, unfortunately. So, um, I really want to try better health. I will let you guys know if I do do that and what I decide on doing, but yeah, um, poor self-care that can lead to a lot of unhealthy things. So now onto the more positive note is how can we stop this and what are the tips and tricks on how to overcome self-sabotaging? Because we all do it, but it's how do we find these healthy coping mechanisms that will ultimately help us in the long run and we can be more self-aware in order to prevent it right away instead of just letting it linger. So the number one thing is to boost your self-awareness. You have to be self-aware. You have to be your own advocate for yourself. If you're sitting down with your friend and you're like, okay, you know, so what do you think I should improve on? Or like, what do you think I could work on? Or you're asking your boyfriend or your mom or whoever. And the person is telling you, well, you know, you really got to work on, I don't know, being more sympathetic or something. That's good that you're asking someone else, but you should always be your number one advocate for yourself. You can take their perspective and their advice and then in in return you you need to be like you're right I do need to do this or also I should be doing this I should be working on this and improving this which is why I also believe seeing a therapist is a great tool because they can help you and like try to understand yourself it's hard to really get in tune with your emotions and yourself but when you really kind of just try to listen just be quiet for a little bit and just like notice things around you or maybe how do you respond to things you'll eventually find a pattern within yourself and it'll better help you understand your kind of personality what i like to do too is i'm a huge like zodiac sign person i love reading about my astrology and yeah it might be taboo and it might not be real who knows but I like it because I can be like, okay, wow, I'm a Libra. Here are my personality traits. And then I'm being self-aware and I'm saying, wow, I do do this. Or I, eh, that's kind of wrong. You know, like certain things like that, which could be fun and could be a fun way to be like, who am I and how do I become more self-aware? Journaling is a great way also because you can actually read your thoughts and think about how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day thing. I personally love to use my gratitude journal every day also have this affirmation book as well so i'll do that in the morning i'll write down three things i'm grateful for and i'll read my affirmation for the day and it does like put me in a positive mindset and i do feel good about attacking the day set meaningful goals and pair them with an action plan i think that's great because when you're making those goals 
they help you with the whole intention and you see the end game you know what i mean like you set this goal okay what do i really want to achieve hopefully this goal is going to help me get to where i want to be and i did talk all about goals on last week's episode so if you want to go listen to that it is up the fourth is make small changes that's kind of very broad and generic but basically think in terms of making incremental change so for example replace one thought or behavior every day and give yourself time to make that change a habit Number five is befriend yourself. You just want to be your number one best friend. What you're looking for in a person, I also read, I'm pretty sure Matthew Hussey said this, but whatever you're trying to find in a person, you need to first find that within yourself because ultimately what you're looking for is what you're lacking. And that can be good like within a partner and you're like, I'm looking for this because I'm, you know, not very great at this. But if you're kind of working towards that goal and the other person, you meet that person eventually and they help you as well. It's like you become one unit, but it's not even about the person. It's about yourself. So whatever you are looking for, turn that around and put all of that love within yourself. Before I met my boyfriend, I actually like wrote on my notes app what I was looking for, like very specific things. And honestly, my boyfriend now has all of those traits and more. It's it's crazy. In number six, know and embrace your strengths, which kind of has to go along with be self-aware because in order to know your strengths, you have to be self-aware about them. Practice mindfulness. I think that is number one thing as well with gratefulness. Once you start appreciating what you have and being fully present and grounded, it's going to help you choose how to react and respond to things that might not go your way so yeah that was kind of self-sabotage all summed up into one i hope you guys did enjoy this podcast and i hope maybe you gained some insight and some advice on where to start or maybe you're now gonna be more self-aware we all have to start somewhere and i hope this episode helped you in that so with all of that being said i'm now going to share my quote of the week This quote of the week, though, is more so of an affirmation, which I absolutely love, and it has to do everything with growth and believing in yourself and believing that you deserve the best of everything. So it goes, I am physically, mentally, and emotionally ready to enter a new phase in my life. I'm ready to grow and get better. If you just repeat that to yourself every day or even maybe just stick it on to what I like to do is in my mirror. I'll just stick it right in my mirror so when I wake up in the morning, I go to brush my teeth. I read it out loud. I see it right in front of me. And when you're saying it, it helps. Like you start to believe it. It's weird. I believe in manifestation. I think it definitely works. So my hot tip of the week, I have been loving this book and I'm in the middle of it right now. It's called 10% Happier. It's how I tamed the voice in my head, reduced stress without losing my edge, and found self-help that actually works. A true story. It's by uh, Dan Harris. I will, of course, link it below, but I think this is a great source of knowledge when you don't know where to begin or you know that there's something wrong, but you're just like, how do I get out of my head? How do I like talk positive to myself? This is a really, really good book, and I like that it's 10% happier. It's not like 100% happier. It's like you're starting off small and then you'll eventually work your way. With all that being said, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the MMAG podcast. Also follow the MMAG on Instagram and my personal, which is just at Maddie Homet. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.